Welcome to the Innovative Teaching Podcast, where we explore technology tools, teaching strategies, and just encourage each other to think outside the box when it comes to teaching and learning. I'm your host, Jeanette Schaefer, and for those of you that might be new to the show, I am on a year-long sabbatical leave to research virtual beings and digital humans and how we might be able to use those to connect students to the college campus programs and people. So I've been sharing tools that I come across, tools that I'm using and what I'm learning. Now this week I ran into problems where when I was trying to research and find information, it seemed like I kept coming up with the same information over and over no matter what search engine I was using or what uh, browser. And I started down that path or rabbit hole of trying to find tools that would not return the same results. And I was using DuckDuckGo, but it uses, I think it uses Bing. I've seen where they said it uses Google, but I think Bing is the technology that's in behind that one. So that would explain why, even though I'm using DuckDuckGo, I'm still getting the same results because it's using the same technology to search and find information for me. So then I ended up on the new internet. And the new internet, it's kind of a neat concept because as you come across websites, there's a whole discussion thread that goes on with every single page that you visit. So anybody can make comments on the pages, have discussions, and it's not supposed to be censored. So people can say what they want and you know actually have a intelligent discussion about the, the, the content. It's fine other than it uses DuckDuckGo. So once again, DuckDuckGo, I'm back to Bing, I'm back to, I'm getting the same search results. So then I play, played around with presearch.org. I can't remember where I discovered this one, but it's presearch.org. I kind of like this one. It's got a lot of possibilities and potential. It's fairly new and it incorporates in some different technology and tools that you're not seeing with other browsers. So what presearch does, it does allow you to search privately. You get better results and you can even get rewarded with using the, the technology or the search engine. It does have blockchain technology working behind the scenes incorporated into it. I have not completely explored all this because it would distract me from what I'm trying to do with my project, but there's uh, pre-search tokens. It is a decentralized search engine. There are keyword staking, so you can actually go in and buy coins or buy the digital currency and then start staking keywords so that if anyone is searching uh, this environment, then you're laying claim to some of the keywords. Like I said, I have not started exploring that yet, but it is there. So there's um, a lot of opportunity for this one, I believe. And probably the thing I'm loving the most about it, it has a very simple, uh, page where you go to search it's plain there's nothing there other than what you need but the beauty of it is you can search by just using pre-search 
and search in their content. But then you can set up other search pages and put icons below your search window. So if you know you want to search on YouTube and YouTube alone, you can put in an icon and in the search field, you're going to type in what you want to search on YouTube and then select the icon for YouTube. So you are only searching YouTube. You can do that with many, many others. So there's, you can sort, uh, search Twitter, um, Google. I set up to be able to search some of the other, uh, media channels like, uh, rumble. I'm trying to think there's a couple of different ones I set up so I could search. And there's also a icon where you can search them all. So you have a little bit more control over the results that you get. You've got pre-search where it's its own technology and hopefully it's not going to be too influenced by, you know, the, the main search engines of Google and Bing and, you know, so, but then you've got all the, you can have your Google search, you can search them all. You can have DuckDuckGo. So check that out if you're interested. It is presearch.org. And I've liked it so far, but I haven't done a ton of searching on it yet. So I may have a update in the future to whether it's working or I'm liking it. Now, another thing I came across that I just think is really neat and it's up and going. I think it's the uh, engineer or the uh, CEO creator of it is actually here in Arizona but it's called Project Apario. I think that's how you say it, pronounce it. And what this is, it's taken all of the declassified information that the government releases, and then he's putting it all into this environment where it makes it much easier for people to actually read the documents, search the documents, tag the documents. He's got a really neat tool. It's called Stumble Into. So if you're bored, you're waiting for an appointment, you know, you want something to do, you can just do stumble into, it'll pull up a document and you can start reading it. So it's got a lot of declassified government documents that you can go in and read. And then there's a uh, telegram group that has been set up for this. There's actually two, but one's called, I think it's Coyote Project, no, Coyote Paul. I think it's Coyote Paul. And with that one, it's, meant to be like a book group that as you find information and you read through documents and you share it, you can have discussions around what you're finding. So the whole point of this was for people to be able to research the documents and have discussions around the documents. So if it's something that you're interested in, check that out. It's just up and going and they're doing some neat stuff with it. And who knows what we'll discover, right? Because the documents were classified and no one can see them. They've been uh, declassified, which now allows all sorts of eyes to, to start reading the documents and just looking into them and, and just learning, making connections. So it's really exciting to see where that project's going to go. Now, as far as my sabbatical project, so those are those are rabbit holes I went down when I was trying to find tools to get better information for my project because I got really aggravate, aggravated that I kept getting the same result, the same information. But it was really cool because I came on a lot of other technology tools and like the projectapario.com, there's new technology being incorporated into that, the presearch.org, 
new technology being incorporated into that. So when you start thinking about like presearch.org, I think one of the concepts is you earn digital tokens by using the tool and doing research. Well, I think if there's some way we can incorporate that into teaching and learning, right? There's some reward for actually doing research and, and uh, collecting the tokens and then those tokens can be used for different things as far as in your program or extra credit or maybe the bookstore. Who knows? There's possibilities there. So I get excited when people are trying new things and thinking about how we might use that in teaching and learning. Now with the project, sabbatical project, I really looked at character development this week because I need to come up with a convincing character or a character that students can connect to. And I don't have experience in this area, right? So it's like, where do I start? How do I begin? And the one way I started was looking at Unity because first I wanted to understand the technology. What am I up against when I start thinking about how I'm going to build this character? How am I going to create a virtual being or a digital character? What's the technology like? Can I do the technology? Is this realistic? By the way, I do have a backup technology. So if everything else fails and I can't figure out how to use the more advanced technology, I have a backup technology that I will use. And I've even got an idea of how I can just incorporate it using just Instagram. So I've got backup plans, but I want to do it the right way. And Unity is one of the tools. I, I did that battle between Unity or Unreal Engine. And I did decide on Unity because I'm working on a Mac. I want it to be mobile. So I want the digital character to be accessed on a mobile device. And then I want to incorporate augmented reality. So I've, I, I went with Unity for that reason. I started looking into how am I actually going to build. So Unity, once I have the character, that's the technology I want to use to have the character show up on a mobile device and interact with the environment, which would be our college campus using AR, augmented reality. Now I need to create my character and I'm still up in the air on that one. I'm still trying to figure out how am I going to do that? What is that going to look like? I can build in Unity but I'm thinking and maybe using Blender. So there are some 3D animation software out there that are very robust. Uh, they, they cost money and they're very advanced. What I can tell Blender is probably a little bit more realistic for me to be able to build in by not having much experience and not a whole lot of time to learn all these multiple pieces of software. So I'm looking at Blender. I just got it downloaded. I have not done any training in that. I focus mainly on Unity. Unity I really like. I thought the environment was pretty much intuitive or, you know, made sense. Like once you went through a tutorial, like it all made sense. And I think working in the environment and knowing the tools is not going to be a problem. The problem I had was the fluency and coordination of using the tools because I'm not used to working in 3D environments. So getting the camera and getting stuff positioned the way I want it, I struggled with. So that one, I know it's just gonna come with time. I just need practice. And I, I'm typically working in 2D environments and not 3D environments. So that's the difference. And then finally, the other thing I came 
upon was a LinkedIn learning course called Crafting Dynamic Character. And I really like this. This is led by Mary Cole, who is a uh, writer and her specialty is developing characters for stories. So I, I want to develop a character that people can connect with. And one of the things I also want to do, do is we have a South Phoenix oral history project that a couple of our faculty and students have been leading on our campus. There's a lot of information there. Ideally, I want to be able to pull characteristics of the people that were interviewed and create a character from that information. But I'm not real sure on how to pull all that together and make that happen. So this Crafting Dynamic Characters by Mary Cole, it's a LinkedIn training course, it has uh, seven tools or seven steps to walk through in developing that character and understanding how to create a character that people will actually connect with and how to make the content interesting because you don't want to just completely tell a person what the character's doing or thinking. She really gets into what I just worked on today was the thoughts behind the character. So you don't want to say the character's crying. Instead, you want to go into the detail to indicate that the character is crying and make the person wonder why is the character crying? What has made the character upset? So that's what I've learned so far. There are seven tools. I'm only on the second tool. And I, I, I really want to get a little bit more into what's, who's the character, because I have no idea of who the character is going to be yet. I'm leaning toward a female. And there's a couple reasons. I'm a female. But the second reason would be because when I look at the oral history, the South Phoenix Oral History Project, a lot of the interviews and the people that spoke, the ones that kind of gave more detail were the females. So I, I'm, as I read through that, I'm like picturing in my head what that person or what features and interests that that person has could be rolled into a character. So I'm leaning toward that right now. I'm not completely sold on it. I also wanted to try to get some of our storytelling students. So South Mountain's known for their, their storytelling institute. I really want to get a couple students involved to help develop the character. So I'm at that point also trying to figure out how do I want to pull the students in to assist with that. I have some ideas. I'm thinking I'd like for them to help read through some of the oral history project interviews and information and pull out features that would make for an interesting character or that would help portray the help portray in a student early in the early years of the campus. So when the campus was first created, what did that used to look like? So in a way we're connecting our current students to the history of previous students, along with connecting them to what's actually happened on campus at that time. So those are my ideas. That's where I'm at with the project. I'm really excited to be working on it. Um, 
Next week, I will probably continue with character development and learning the tools. That's kind of a long process. I do want to get back into machine learning a little bit. I took a break from that this week to focus on that character development piece. Well, thank you very much for tuning in. I hope you have some time to explore those tools. Uh, those tools, again, were presearch.org, the new internet browser, Project Apario, and then the tools I use for career, character development, Unity, Blender, and then the course Crafting Dynamic Character. So have fun, have an awesome week, and I will see you next week.